What is up, Lit Lucid Podcast fans? We are happy to have you back for season seven of the show. This season is brought to you by Seed and Smith, an amazing cannabis company located right here in Denver, Colorado. Visit our website, litlucid.com, to learn more about our sponsors and to view our previous episodes. And if you're enjoying the show, be sure to share with a friend and give us a review on your favorite platform. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Lucy and Jared. Welcome, everybody, to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are recording another episode of the show. We have a return guest for you today, Patrick King, the Soil King, out of Cloverdale, California. What's up, Patrick? Oh, you know, we're just uh, finishing up the 2019 year and can't wait for 2020. Yeah. Hard year for all of us over here. Yeah, so Patrick reached out to us. Um, he was actually on episode 52. So if our listeners want to go back and learn a little bit more about Patrick's background, as well as all of his offerings with the Soil King, please go listen to that episode. Uh, but he recently reached out to us and asked if we wanted to talk about, you know, the ever-changing California market and all the ups and downs and everything in between going on there. And we said, yeah, absolutely. So we're excited to have you back on the show um, and to learn a little bit kind of, you know, what's been going on since March and what do you see for the future of 2020? I think it was, it was that long ago, March, how are we on? Yeah, so... Time flies. <laughs> <laughs> I know it really does. So this year was uh, it was a challenging year to say the least. I could say uh, picking up from 2019, I uh, just I mean to go in so many different directions. I have uh, business wise, uh, just pick up. I don't remember exactly what we talked about, but picking up the Soil King, um, Soil King Garden Center, mm-hmm. uh, Big Root Soil, um, I think is what we talked about a lot last time. Oh yeah. This year going in, we've been designing, for the last two years, I've been beta testing called Baby Roots, and we're releasing that in January this year. Hydro Farm will be carrying it nationally, and then hopefully we'll be getting soils internationally by the end of 2020. That's um, exciting. What's yeah, Baby Roots? Baby Roots. Baby Roots is, is, is uh, all, everything I always do is always GMO, you know, tested is, mm-hmm. uh, for pesticides, heavy metals. And GMOs. So um, again, that fits right in our arsenal. It is uh, has uh, terravisco worm castings in it, which is actually vermicompost. It's the highest inoculated uh, compost that there is out there on the on the on the in the worm industry. Mm-hmm. And the, their sourcing of their products as well too match mine, so it was a good fit. So I switched out, got a higher end worm casting going into our soils. Baby roots has the biological kick from the from the worm. Um, again, it's got peat moss, got some cocoa. I use really fine, uh, uh, really fine peat moss and chopped up really fine cocoa. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it's a really easy oxygen you know plant ready throw a seed in it it'll crack no problem has half the fertilizer pack as our normal big roots does so it'll carry the plant you don't have to do anything to it it'll carry it right in it's got an organic water agent in it as well too to help keep keep the moisture with the oxygen oxygen is always important so we have that lot going out in january next month um so lucy and i are not cannabis farmers 
So I'm going to ask some really basic questions yeah. here. Totally. <laughs> so what your soil does is essentially what a lot of people would equate to living soil, correct? And a lot of the things you're talking about as far as, you know, why oxygen is important and, you know, why these worm castings and the inoculation is important. I think, is that because you're trying to, uh, trying to build like a microbial content in the soil? Exactly. So my soils are what we consider a super soil. And a super soil gives you enough energy to almost get through the season. You don't have to add that much. It's not it's not designed for a whole bottle nutrient program. It it comes with a you know you're buying soil that's already packed with the life that it needs. Interesting. Uh, the, okay. And so with a super soil, it's very tricky to get the, the mixed designs and everything correct because you don't want to overpower it, but you also want it to have legs to long to last the distance. Yeah, exactly. And and so it's really t- took me years to get the to get the medium and the design right for big roots, and then that formulation is just applied towards all the other mixes that I've done. And I, you know, it's always better to to always add more biology. You can add more things to it, cheese, and and just you know the plant loves that kind of stuff. So that's kind of yeah. So you're exactly right. It's it's, a, it's more we coined it as a super soil. That's exciting. That it's kind sense. of like. <laughs> I kind of like nowadays, like superfood, you know, like the granola bars and stuff that people have and how they preach, you know, all day, all day sustained energy. I mean, that's what you're doing for plants. And <clears throat> I love what you said. Basically, you know, you don't have to use bottled nutrients that theoretically it should get you through the whole growth cycle, correct? Correct. And I have such a problem with uh, having to ship water and liquids. And oh people purchase that. It's just a, it's a ridiculous waste of energy. Uh, bottles, products, plastics. I had a, so much. I had yeah, the same conversation crazy. probably like a week ago now. What is today? Tuesday? Yeah, it'd be a week ago today with some gentlemen from the Netherlands that were selling bottled nutrients. And I'm pretty sure they're shipping it from the Netherlands. And I told them that yeah. straight. I said, I said 90% of what you're shipping is water. How do you feel about that? And they didn't really have an answer. Yeah, it's just it's a waste, and the consumer's got to got to pick the biggest, the hardest part about about any industry is logistics from moving and shipping it, oh, yeah. no matter what. And so when you can minimize waste and you can minimize plastics and you can minimize liquids and weight, I mean it's a win to the consumer because the customer is the one that's purchasing that product, and they're the ones that's going to pay all that transportation cost. So. Mm-hmm. I just, it's just not something that I, I, I'm not going to do. I'm not going to ship somebody a soil and then they're going to have to go purchase a bunch of bottled nutrients and then get some crazy recipe that they have to stay with. And it's just stupid, I think. Yeah. Well, then I think it's cool too that you give the plant a chance to basically, uh, well, not even the plant, but nature. You give nature a chance to do exactly what it does best and what it's been doing for millions of years and to uh, synthesize those nutrients and macronutrients, micronutrients the plant needs. And uh, the plant just basically has to do what it has to do and just uptake to the roots. And, I mean, anytime I think you're replicating nature, I think you're winning. And more biology you can add to it, it breaks down minerals, it releases so many different good quality quality pieces to itself. So, you know, uh, microbes, you know, they, they can... They just eat. They eat everything. Like that's what they do. It's a whole living environment down there. When they poop out, they're given nutrients. Mm-hmm. When you add these chemicals to it and these bottled nutrients, you kill all that biology. Yeah. And now the plant is just living off. It's living off whatever, you know, no life that you're putting into it. Yeah. It's a waste. It's a complete waste. So. Yeah, it really is. We went to uh, our first living soil 
um, cultivation within what the last Couple month and a half, yeah. yeah, two months or so. And uh, <laughs> they had one bed that was just hanging out. They just harvested it, and so they were had it covered to uh, just kind of give it a break. And they pulled up the tarp on it, and that thing literally the soil was crawling. It was like the craziest thing that I think Lucy and I had ever seen. We were kind of freaked out, but the soil was crawling just because it had so much life in the soil. And that was yeah. like, it was like mind-blowing to us. Yeah, it's got its own diversified planet down under there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, so cool. it's pretty neat. It's a whole ecosystem all it by is. itself. Yeah, it's crazy because everybody talks about pH in your water, too. And I, I, didn't, I never pH anything. It's just not what I've ever done. When I first started indoor, I did. But then I realized that it was unnecessary because biology creates its own uh, values. It creates its own pH levels. You can have, you can have, a, uh, you can have a bacteria that's living at 8 or 9 pH. And you, in a millimeter away, you can have one that's living between 4 or 5. And what they do is they create their own zones. They mm-hmm. identify and create their own living environments that they live in. And it can all live together. So when we completely just pH our water and we think everything has to be pH, the soil has to be pH, this has to be pH, we're getting back to this inert, dead, you know, dirt instead mm-hmm. of soil living. Yeah. Ah, I love that. So cool. Yeah. I know, right? I could talk. I could talk nature and microbes. And, <laughs> uh, we can't. We can't outcompete. And I mean, we're we're like trying to make nature better. It's impossible. Right. We just gotta okay. Let it talk to us and learn from it. I mean, I, I don't know what the how hard it is to open your eyes and see this. You know, people just right. They'd rather buy something somebody sells them an idea. Yeah. But you, if you just think about it, you know, I mean, walk through, go to Hawaii and walk through the jungle and look at what's around you. That's yeah, exactly. taking care of itself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need no bottle nutrients. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Go, yeah, go to Alaska. Go anywhere. Go to look at the redwoods in California. So are you right seeing are you seeing cultivators uh, looking for this types of soil instead of you know asking for those oh, inputs? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we ship. We're in forty. We're registered in forty six states, and we're currently, I think, in like twenty seven states. And we're making a big push going into twenty twenty. Nice. Um, getting them more out there. It's hard to get out there. Yeah. Um, but once we do, you know, and the word of mouth, and people want people, people are consumers and farmers. You know, that we're not as we're, we're not as stupid anymore. We we want to provide something healthy and eat that thing that's healthy. Mm-hmm. We're learning, you know, just yeah, evolving. Yeah, and I think the new consumer is going to. Uh, I think they're going to come around too because I think the first few years of legalization was just a lot of operators who didn't really know the culture and how to necessarily cultivate cannabis properly they just kind of jumped into it and i think now we're seeing that through the consumer kind of waking up and realizing there's some subpar products and um i i do you know i see it in some areas and i really hope that that's what happens now is that there's a resurgence back to the culture of uh, cultivating cannabis properly and really kind of stick to the, the the message that i think has been preached throughout this whole cannabis movement and that's you know healing and you know, it's for the patients and it's for the people. And I mean, it's all towards healing. It's medicine. And so I don't think that we should be cultivating something, you know, and, you know, a glass culture or perlite or, you know, just something and having to, like you said, add back life to it and add back nutrients and all these things that a living soil can do for the plant naturally. I mean, yeah, like you said, you're just trying way too hard to replicate nature when you can just let nature take its course. <laughs> yep. I follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
So what else has been happening in the past, geez, couple months now in the past year? What's oh new? My we are a lot. So much is happening. Now, that's on the picks and shovel side of my business is Big Roots, the Soil yeah. King Garden Center, my soil. And then I have Organic King Consulting, which I uh, teach and help farmers uh, cultivate and, you know, education on what, what products to use. You know, a lot of greenhouse farmers, a lot of outdoor farmers, some indoor farmers. Through organicing consulting, I go out there and um, get them all the way through harvest, teach them how to harvest, teach them how to cure. And then I go on the other side of my businesses, which is seed to soul. It's seed number two soul. And those are cannabis licenses. I have every cannabis license just about in the state of California from cultivation, nursery, genetics, uh, retail, manufacturing, uh, distribution, transportation, events. I got pretty much everything. So I, 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 after I help them give them genetics, help them cultivate through organic King consulting. I, and then I, I do a purchase crop and I purchase it through my cannabis companies and I know, you know, how it's grown. Mm-hmm. That's part of that whole growth. So I, it's trusted and, and then I bring it back in, and I distribute it through my pre-roll and flower and other companies throughout the California market. Oh, nice. Into the retail section. And that's that's been a, a lot of work. Having a lot of different pieces is really ridiculous. You know? Oh, I but, can imagine. But it's, uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty fun, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know, there's just always something new. It's all new. I was going to say, trying to figure this out. there's probably um, very few people who have you know, the intrinsic experience that you have from literally seed to your soul, you know, to the consumer. Yeah. I mean, truly, there's probably not too many folks that have that hands-on experience. So I think you have to. I don't know. I don't know one person in California that is touching every part of this industry as me. Not bragging either. Yeah. You know, it's it's more of a disease I have. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not yeah, it's a sickness. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, that that model was exactly what Jared and I have kind of been talking about over like the last month or so is how like these bigger brands should, you know, tame up with smaller farmers who don't really have, you know, the ability to go out and push their products to the mainstream and kind of work with them and source their products and then help push them out that way. So it sounds like that's kind of what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. all, all avenues of the license, the whole California license market is uh, really, to say the least, is overbearing. I'm an optimistic, though. I've, like, we're seeing a lot of things going on right now. It's, the taxes are high. It's almost impossible. Not enough retail. Um, everything's difficult. we got mate, uh, metrics now where you everything, everything from tracking, supposedly from seed, but it's not there yet, but all the products, it's, it's a lot of paperwork. Every time we, we pick up product from a farmer or take it to, a, to our facility or take it from our distiller or facility to a retail, we have to write these manifests so it includes all the metric tags and it's all, and it has to be all hand added into, uh, you know, pretty much a government server. Yeah, metric and, is no uh, problem. and it's just it's just a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, that we have to do. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, that's in in addition to just California being difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to say it I mean, nicely. California. You know, they just increased. Uh, they just increased the taxes. Is that correct? 
Or they're about they, to. Well, they, they did. Yeah, it was, that was that was voted on. Well, they, were, they said they were going to do it a year ago when when this year came up. I don't know how this is all going to unravel, but what I can tell you, being an optimistic in this market, is is with with Prop sixty four, which I did not vote for, but I what I did love about it was clean medicine testing. I love the laboratories, all the laboratories across the United States right now. They don't have equipment that's up to par. Mm-hmm. They just don't. So. Um, prior to prior to Prop 64 in California, I can go to a high time show. I can go anywhere, and when you send your product in to get tested, you know, as you're entering into award ceremony, yeah. you could add some hash on it, right? You can get the best of the best, and then you could put it in, and then the the, the high times or whatever they'd send it out for testing, and of course it'd come back with some ridiculous rate. Oh, yeah. So it was all fake. Uh-huh. Um, and they didn't test for pesticides. They haven't tested for heavy metals and and even if it passed, they were able to go back in and manually manipulate it to show that it passed and, and labs were taking payouts. And this stuff's happening all over the United States, by the way, still today. But in California, we've set the testing standards where laboratories, they lose their licenses. Every time they put in a test, it automatically goes to uh, on a government server. And on that, and it's tracked through everything, and there's all these... Ways so if they they can't re- they can't manipulate it anymore, right? They've, they've yeah, taken absolutely. it out. So the lab tech, if he screws up and enters something wrong, it'll be caught in the system and he'll be called out on it, right? Mm-hmm. And they also have yeah. cameras inside all the laboratories. And and if a laboratory is accused of doing something bad, they only have a certain amount of hours to get all the reporting of that test and everything that was done submitted to what's called the BCC of California. And the BCC will go through it, and if they find that laboratory doing something shady, mm-hmm. they'll strip their license from them. They've done that all you know, time after time. And, yeah. and it's really nice to see that, oh, that we have some integrity back in the lab, the labs. Mm-hmm. Along with the testing equipment, they all had to buy new testing equipment. You know, spend millions of dollars on new equipment that was up to par. That all that all was standardized now. Mm-hmm. So I love that. I love this that part of the industry. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah, kind of even the playing field, I guess, for those who you know work their ass off to produce a pristine product, and then we're just getting cheated at the end of the day by some bad actors. So and yeah. protecting the consumers even protecting more. Protecting the consumer. Yeah, I know California has. In my opinion, probably some of the best microbial testing laws in the nation, um, and they do it the correct way at the lab. And I think they've developed some great standards there. So, you know, I do a lot of California on that end. They definitely have taken you know consumer protections in in the heart, basically, and, and made a very stringent uh, testing protocol. It's funny how California, all the laboratories I know, they they sold all their leftover equipment to other states. Oh my, oh my god! That wasn't up to par, right? And all these new testing labs are popping up everywhere. Oh, oh my god! You know, it's so yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. It's not funny. It's pretty sad. Yeah, it's yeah, sad, yeah. It's so with California and the legalization and testing, and like you said, the taxes going up, I'm an optimist, and I always say we have an opportunity. We have a starting point now with, yes. with legal cannabis and for me legal cannabis means uh responsible farmer responsible practices and tested products to the consumer and the patients and that says it all to me and i know that this is such a hard industry overtaxed overregulated right now but but we have something a starting point and we're going to build back from it mm-hmm. 
Um, and it'll start breaking down, uh, and it'll get better. There's no doubt about it. But it is it is really trying right now. Um, you know, we see the small farmers falling out of practice. The hard part was this, and this is the best part is today, and the, and getting up to today was we had all this new licenses, all this Canadian money, all this invest invested in you know financial corporate dollars that were coming in, investing in cannabis licenses mm-hmm. in california and all of a sudden we saw all these new pretty packages mm-hmm. and new people we never heard of and their message to us small brands that have been doing it forever is can i swear on the show i don't yeah. know if i can but okay yeah. they're pretty much saying fuck you little guys <laughs> we're gonna put you out of business and yeah. this is how we're gonna do it we're gonna have better packaging they don't have better product but we'll better packaging mm-hmm. We will lose $100,000, $200,000 every month giving product away wow. so we can out-compete you and you won't have shelving shelving spot in the retail. And that's what happened. We all of a sudden couldn't get on because all these guys, they were paying $5,000 a month to $30,000 a month just to have shelving space. Oh yeah, how right? crazy is that? And, and if you look at all this big you know, MedMen model and mm-hmm. you know all this big Aurora and all this capital investments – all of them came in with the notion they were going to keep losing money and, until uh, halfway through 2019 it started to reset and they started making money. But what they weren't expecting is that uh, the, the state of California wasn't going to release enough licenses for retail. We got, I think we got 600 today. We're, we're, we're supposed to have 3,500 today. Wow. And, and the taxation was so high that people in the black market was so good that yeah. people weren't buying right from mm. the retail. And what happened just recently is this corporate investment dollar, this bubble exploded mm-hmm. and all this money is now dried up. And all these brands that tried to outcompete us and put their foot on our throat and try to push us out of this business, we're watching them disappear overnight. Yeah. All, all the investments, all the investors are calling their notes well, it's glorious. There's no money. If you look at the you look at the stock marijuana stocks right now, they've tanked. You look yeah, at you follow MedMan, you follow these big corporate guys, and they're laying everybody off. The companies are folding. They're just going out of business. You know, it's it's these huge distributors in California that were screwing everybody over and trying to take over the market. They're now not non-compete. They're falling off. So we smaller guys have held on. <laughs> this long, and we we've been running on just every penny we make, we throw in front of us, right? We're not yeah. pulling all that investment money, yeah. and now we suddenly have this huge opportunity because those guys aren't on the shelf anymore, and their foot's off our throat, and our foot's on theirs now. So you know, as much as they were telling us they were going to put us out of this fucking game, yeah. we just put them the fuck out of the game. <laughs> so I love are, it. Bootstrapping it, baby. We're back, in, <laughs> we're back in pole position, and we're you know we're branding up, and we have our retail spaces and the retail shelves. And 2020 is going to be a great, a great year for guys like me in this industry and smaller guys. Yes, that just got me excited. I know. I think that's the best outlook on California we've ever had to date. <laughs> yeah, so, it's I love true, it. you know. You know it is, it, yeah. And I think, you know, and I, I read something today, and he was talking about the Illinois market and talking about how, you know, they're already planning on the Illinois market taking four years to convert consumers over from the black market to a regulated market. And I mean, California just started, so there's still time. I mean, just because of this all happened in the first two years doesn't mean anything. I mean, we're not even four years into it yet, really. 
And, you know, I think we did have to kind of shake some of those things out and kind of figure out what worked, what didn't work. And clearly corporate cannabis is not working. Um, they're overvalued, uh, under-delivering, all the above. And so, you know, usher in the homies and the true people who have, do, have been doing it for centuries, and that's the small farmers. Yes. Exactly. And the, the uh, experts. You know, being an optimistic, right, I'm always looking at the, the good at everything. <clears throat> if our taxes weren't this high, if the black market wasn't so good the last couple of years, and if the corporate dollar didn't come in the way it did, and everything flowed and, and retail was great right now, the corporate guy, all the investment guys, they would have made it. Yeah. yeah and exactly we right. would have been wiped out. So because of all this wave of, of, of hell that went on, it ended up pushing them back out. So, I mean, you have to look at both sides. It's a half, glass half full or half empty. To me, it's half full that we had this hard to get to this point because now we, we own this game because of oh, that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, though. What the difference is, is the consumer. I mean, cannabis consumers aren't fucking dumb. Like some people right. proclaim that they are. They aren't fucking stupid. They know their products. They know their homies. They've, they've been buying it from their friend for for years. You know, so they're not just going to walk into a shop and buy anything from just some brand that's thrown at their face. They're going to look at it. If They may buy it. They may get swindled one time, but then they're going to go home and try your product. And if it doesn't cut the snuff, they're never going to buy it again, no matter how much branding or marketing you push into it. And so it all goes back to you better have a quality product or you're nothing because the consumer at the end of the day knows what quality is. Yeah, we, we misvalue the consumer. We totally do. As consumer, look at, <laughs> look at the Whole Foods movement when it came in. It took a while to do it. You know, all the organic movement that came across yeah. the United States. And once the, once the consumer started, stopped watching that commercial advertising and started really realizing the value and real organic food mm-hmm. that all of a sudden when that education it's just it's what you put in front of them once you teach them and they start seeing it they're not stupid they're going to choose health every every time exactly you know yeah every you're totally right the whole says. foods is exactly exactly that consumers are smart and it did take time to catch on but now you see whole foods are everywhere sprouts are everywhere you know Sprouts are everywhere, yeah. you know it's a thing it's totally a thing now and i think clean cannabis is is always been a thing and it's going to be even more of a thing as we move forward it's true. Yeah. We're watching. We're watching a lot of the big commercial grows in Central Valley uh, up for sale, struggling. You know, testing. I've seen. I've seen acre greenhouses. Just. I mean, I can't even tens of thousands of pounds of product that never passed testing. Right. That had to be destroyed. And normally, if the testing wasn't up to par, mm-hmm. that would have been shipped off to other states. Right. Uh, I mean, or or the testing laboratory would have been able to manipulate it, and it would have went into the consumer as clean product when it wasn't. So I mean, we've come so freaking far in the last couple of years. It's been such a struggle. It definitely has. Well, what about Cushy Pump selling all those products out the back door? Hey, that's just happening. It's crazy how that is. I mean, we're we're going deep into. I mean, everybody's talking about vapes, right? And how the vape industry is. And and I'm t- I don't smoke a fucking vape. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't. And I learn more every day. And the last thing I learned the last couple of weeks is when when a few of my partners we dissected all the all the um. <sighs> There's a video on a girl, a lady by the name of Jacqueline McGowan. If you go to her Facebook page, you can scroll and find a video on it. And they took her and a scientist took part of uh, these vape cartridges and started looking at other things rather than it's just vitamin E or mm-hmm. the sourcing or bad uh, distillate. But what we're finding out now is 
those the vape carts that have a the kind that you don't have a button right that you just suck on mm-hmm. the, the the air when you suck it it goes around the battery and goes around all the lead and the solder oh, right and then goes up and goes into your lungs and you're breathing all those metals and oh, nobody's testing the battery part right oh my gosh if you don't even think about that, and and then you as you're touching it, whether you're pushing it and putting it on your mouth, the humidity gets back in there and it corrodes the acid, and now you're smoking battery acid. Gee, mini Christmas! I didn't know oh, any of that. Nice. Dropping some new revelations around the show. And right it's now. crazy what's coming right. down. So it's not. We're, it's all the hardware is a, is a joke in our entire industry. I mean, yeah. and we're going to get better because of it. You know? And, oh, absolutely. And, and you know, there's there, we haven't even seen the health risk yet because nobody's identified it. Well, we, we see seventy people died, or seven, or ten, or whatever it is, but we really don't know yeah. the damage that's being caused because when somebody dies, they're not tracking it and doing a lung exam, you know, and mm-hmm. figuring this out. There's no way of counting that. Yeah. yeah but true. but we need to go deeper, and the hardware need every hardware needs to be tested like any other industry. Yeah. I mean, it has to be tested. And so, I mean, the best thing to do is take your battery and see where the air oxygen is, you know, where you're, where you're pulling from and see where that oxygen is being pulled around. Most of the times it's coming from around your battery on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. A lot, some of the time, you know, and, and that's horrible. Or, or even depending on where it is. I mean, you were just things you don't think about that nobody's yeah. had really talked about yet. Yeah. yeah. Tell them the story about when we were in the <coughs> shop the other day when we were trying to get those e-cigs. And how much more technology oh, there was behind yeah, that. Yeah, so we were we were going to do a photo shoot. And, you know, we don't really like our models having to smoke a bunch of THC products when we're shooting photos just because it runs the aesthetic, clearly. So we were going to have them just vaporize some, like, e-cig juice or something just as, as a replacement with no nicotine um, just so we can create the smoke effect. And then, so we went to an e-cig shop and we were going to shop for some oil. And basically, we just asked the guy, we were like not very smart at all coming to this stuff but we're like hey we just need some e-cig oil and here's what we're trying to do and he then asked well you know what's your hardware like what kind of ohms does it need and we look at each other we're like uh don't know you know we have just one of those 510 batteries and he just starts laughing and lucy and i after we left there we discussed that a lot of these cannabis companies are producing products and probably not even taking into account you know, the viscosity of their oil and, you know, the ohms or the different energy needed to actually vaporize it properly to, you know, get you the, you know, the cannabinoids or terpenes or whatever you're looking for. A lot of them just kind of throw oil into a tank and then say, there you go. Call it a day. Yeah. But that, that just really like opened our eyes. Like he was talking about so many different technologies that I had no idea about. And I mean, the same has to go for cannabis. And they're already available over on the e-cig side, but they're not even being adopted into the cannabis market yet. So we're like, gee whiz, there's still clearly, you know, there's technology even there, but they're not even incorporating it into the market yet. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so I can see long, why that is a problem. <laughs> yeah, we have a long ways to go still. Yeah, well, it's, it's unwinding. It is. <laughs> but it's going to take a while. But for me... Yeah, I'm not smoking any cards. I'm not doing it. I love it. I'm not doing it. So. Well, as we uh, as we wrap up here, I know the California market's tough, but you're still hanging around. So, do you have any do you have any words of advice for those who are in the California market, maybe struggling? Some words of wisdom. I mean, you see some good videos that'll be coming out, and ones that were just of the Emerald Cup, and I said it. I said it, man. I won. Uh, at, we just had the Emerald Cup this weekend. It was great. I won the MVP award of the cup. Oh, oh my gosh, congrats. <laughs> yeah, Seriously, so that you was great. It. Yeah. And, and I 
my my company did all the award ceremony. That means we took over 600 products from other licensed companies that entered in the awards, wow. and we did all the paperwork, all the manifest, did all the metric, huge, huge um, mountain of work. And then we were also the <coughs> also the retail and distribution for the Emerald Cup and their associated partners and brands. Um, for the cup itself, so my licenses went all around with the cup. And then the biggest part was um, I had Tommy Chong with me all weekend. He was in my booth. Me and Sawyer <laughs> came Tommy Chong weekend. That's so How cool. cool is that? Yeah. So and That's we're awesome. taking the the looks like the, the Tommy King show on the road. We're going to start hitting a bunch of events and doing things together. Hey, there you uh, go. So, so yeah, it was great. Exciting. And I just want to say that. That I have uh, a first, the second place f- flower, and all my brands I have in, in under seed to soil, small farmers and people, they grow in my soil. We have we have all Emerald Cup winners again this year. The people that I distribute their flower for, and they use my products, and including including you saw Turpogs, they won you know their ice water hash uh, that was produced in my facility, and. And they grow all their soil in big roots, baby roots, and big roots. Nice. Um, and big roots bloom constantly. I've always used my soil, and every year they take home all the awards. I mean, everybody knows Skittles. Yeah. Everybody knows Turpogs. Well, those are my boys, and they win all that, and they grow all their stuff in my soil. Oh, that's how that's you know epic. it's good then, right? That's yeah, some good yeah. stuff. So, I mean, yeah. Well, you guys are you killing can, it. Yeah, it was fun. I didn't throw a shout out for my YouTube, right? The yep. Soil King. You can see some cool stuff on that going down. Yeah. Yeah, you guys follow the Soil King. And if you're in California, go find his products. Because they're amazing. I mean, yep, or anywhere. You find it in a state near you or have a have your local shop order it. Hydro Farm is my national distributor. They can get it anywhere. Nice. What's the best way to uh, to find some more information on all your different products? Is there some websites they can go to? Yeah, the, the soilking.com. We have an e-commerce site, too. We ship. Uh, we have free shipping on our fertilizers, Mr. B's Green Trees as well, which is expensive to ship fertilizer, but I offer it for free shipping anywhere inside the continental U.S. Um, but with all of our products. So it's the soilking.com or seed2soul.com. Awesome. Get at him, folks. I mean, there's a ton of stuff that Patrick has done over the years. Very entertaining guy, a very intelligent man as well. So use him, you know, extensively for all of his background, and he's a resource indeed. So we appreciate, as always, you sharing all your information with us, Patrick, and and kind of being the homie out in California. Yeah, thanks for being back on the show. It was great to talk to you again. Yeah, I like your show. I support your show. I don't go on a lot of podcasts, but whatever you guys want to bring me on. I always got, I always got things to talk about. <laughs> All right, we love that, Patrick. Well, we're gonna have to definitely follow up here in a few more months or a year or so, and, and see how the the Tommy and King show is coming. Yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. With that, I'm lit. And I'm lucid. And that's it. Later's. Welcome to Seed and Smith, the revolutionary brand that makes transparency and quality the foundation of their product line. Among these innovative products is their High Times Cannabis Cup winning Dart Pod system. These industry leaders are dedicated to including you, the consumer, into their everyday processes. Take the opportunity to engage and explore the workings of Seed and Smith with a full facility tour. To book a tour and more details, visit www.seedandsmith.com. Seed and Smith. 
handcrafted for all walks of life.